1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 10. One verse of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10. Whatever, whatever you read the Scripture on in church, your Bible, your phone, your iPad, whatever, one little fellow pointed to the screen one time. That was where his Bible was. Amen. I read one time where one fellow said it used to be my Bible would charge me. Now I've got to charge my Bible. <laughs> Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 10. But the grace or by the but by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Is anybody thankful for the grace of God this yes, evening? Amen, amen, amen. Amen. My subject is coming from the first portion of that scripture text. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And please, this title at the beginning may sound a little bit strange, but hang in here with me. My title tonight is, I am because he is. I am because he is. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you know who Jesus is? Put your Bible down. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Hallelujah, and you may be seated. The Apostle Paul could be, I suppose, in my opinion, the greatest example of transformation than any other character in all of the Bible. By his own account, as Saul of Tarsus, he, in Acts 26, 10, and 11, said he shut up many of the saints in prison. He gave his voice as witness against those who were put to death. He beat them and compelled them to blaspheme by denying that Jesus was the Messiah. He said, Paul said, being exceedingly mad, or in other words, I raged like a madman, he said. I persecuted the saints. Saul of Tarsus was a young man that held the coats of the men that stoned Stephen to death. The scripture states, as for Saul, He played havoc, or in other words, he put injury of the church. And so with threatenings in his breath, slaughter on his mind against the saints, he begins a journey to Damascus to arrest the saints and bring them bound back to Jerusalem. But God had 
other plans for Saul. God saw in Saul of Tarsus, the persecutor, the man that all of the saints feared because of what authority he was given by the high priest to destroy everyone of this way called the apostolic way. Saul of Tarsus had a plan, but God had a better plan. God saw in Saul of Tarsus not what he was or is at that point, but what he could be. And so on his way to Damascus, the Bible is very clear and strong in saying that there was a light that shined from heaven as of the bright as a noonday sun. And Saul fell to the earth and he heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It got his attention. Who art thou, Lord? And the voice spoke back, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. What would you have me to do, Lord? He said, I want you to go into the city, to the street called Straight. And there will be one that will tell you what you must do. Amen. And in the meantime, God was speaking to one Ananias, the man of God, about Saul of Tarsus coming. And he reminded God, but God, you want me to pray for Saul, but we know what Saul has been doing to the saints. But here, here's, I love this point, Brother Rocky. But God told Ananias, but he prayeth. It doesn't matter how mean they come. They could be as mean as a junkyard dog. But I'm here to tell you, prayer can get where you can't get. Prayer can get where your witness won't reach. Amen. Prayer can break down every wall and break every chain and every fetter. Hallelujah. But he prayeth. And so they bring Paul, Saul into the city. Ananias comes to him and says, Brother Saul, the Lord has sent me to pray for you. And he laid his hands on him and scales fell from his eyes. And amen. And he was baptized and received the Holy Ghost. And it was just within a few days that he began to preach the very same message that he was out to destroy. Hallelujah to God. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in transformation. I don't care who they are. Don't ever give up in praying for anybody. Amen. Don't ever stop praying. It doesn't matter how bad they are. God told one prophet, don't look at their face. Don't look at their countenance. Just don't, just preach. Just preach. Prayer in the word of God can penetrate the hardest of hearts, praise God. And so from a persecutor to the greatest apostle and soul winner who of his own words, I am chief 
among sinners. He declared in our text tonight what I am. I am by the grace of God. What I am, I am by the grace of God. Now, he could have put out a resume because Saul of Tarsus was no ordinary man when it came to education. He had the law. I'm talking about every part of the law perfected. Amen. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was with the upper ups, if you please. He was just no ordinary individual. Praise God. But I am here to tell you, he counted that the Bible says as dung. Amen. Because of the things that God has done in his life. And hey, I want to tell you, there's nobody so high that you ever get above what God is able to do in somebody's life. Hallelujah. It's not because I deserve or you deserve anything. I haven't earned anything But Jesus called me. He called you not because you were the riches, not because you had it all together or the most intellectual in your class, but he called you out of sin because he loved you. He saw a heart that was hungry, and he brought you into from darkness into his marvelous light. And we are a blessed people all because of the grace of God. I like the terminology of the Word of God. Anybody, I, I, I like word studies. I, 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 um, I, I like to, um, I, I like to find out what what, what a word means. I, I like to, I, I like to study it out a little bit because I, I, I know. You, you may be surprised when, by looking at me, but I'm not the most intelligent person in the world. Okay? Uh, and, and so I, I like, I like the, the terminology of the Word of God. He didn't say he brought you out of darkness into light. He, he said I, he brought us out of darkness, brother, into his marvelous, his, his marvelous light. So it's not ordinary light. It's not just turning the light switch on and, and you can see or the sunrise in the morning and, and you can see. But, but that light is a different light altogether. It's a light that only those who are born again, only those that have received, as you said, your experience, amen, can actually see and understand. I ran across a little something here the other day that was so interesting. I, in fact, I, I wrote it in my Bible. I, I, um, some people don't like to mark their Bibles, and, and that's fine. I don't have any problem with that, but mine looks like a commentary. I just underline, write notes, and, and, and that, that, that's one of the reasons why I don't, I don't like for somebody to pick up my Bible and look at it. Because I have some notations in my Bible that probably make no sense to them. 
And they say, well, that ignorant guy, what is he wrote? What does he mean by this? But it means something to me. So I don't really care. But, but um, I, I ran across this, little, this thought the other day. You know, we can learn things. But we don't necessarily understand it. So there's a difference between knowledge and understanding. In three and a half years, Jesus taught his disciples. They followed him. He was mentoring them because he would be leaving this earth and he would leave them in charge, amen, of directing and getting the early church going and preaching and teaching. And we have letters from them that, uh, to direct us to this day. Amen. He put knowledge in them. But just before he left, in Luke chapter 24, the Bible says he opened their understanding to the scriptures. Praise God. And so we, we have understanding. We are enlightened. Amen. We are receiving marvelous light and revelation. Hallelujah. And and. People can read the same thing in the Bible that you read, and they don't get that light. They don't understand that revelation of God in Christ, being the mighty God in Christ. They don't understand that Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end, first and the last, and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. They don't understand, amen, what Jesus was saying in Matthew 28 and 19. They read that. They have knowledge of the fact that that's what the Bible says, but they don't have the understanding that comes through the revelation. And as Brother Rocky said, once you get that revelation, amen, the devil didn't give it to you, and the world didn't give it to you, and the world and the devil can't take it away. I had a, I had a, a pastor to lady that uh, was brought up in a full gospel type movement and she had the Holy Ghost. She spoke with tongues. She didn't have the revelation of the name of Jesus, but through uh, family members, they started coming to our church, her and her husband. And uh, she, I'm talking about, you could not talk to her about the revelation of Jesus Christ, one God. I'm talking about we would visit with them often and she would come to church, but she was not at all interested in hearing that. But she'd come to church and she'd worship God and talk in tongues. And in one particular service, it was a small church at that time, a little small building. And one particular service, God moved upon her. Now, if you're different with this, I, I don't have any problem. That's okay. Amen. But she, God had her to speak a message in tongues. And she interpreted. And the interpretation had to be what was, you have to be baptized in my name. And the way it came about is she, he, there, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is all healing in the name of Jesus. And then he said there is baptism in the name of Jesus. She said, Brother Borrell, she said, I'm ready to be baptized in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. It comes through marvelous light. Not Jimmy kind of light. 
So, hey, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, don't be so point, uh, finger pointing to somebody that doesn't know yet. Amen. They may have a knowledge, but not an understanding. It's a revelation that gives the understanding. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. Are you glad? Are you glad for the revelation? The under- oh, yes. Amen. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Marvelous light. And somebody here tonight. Somebody here tonight thinking about Saul of Tarsus, where God brought him. Someone here may, may think because of my background, because of my past, that I could never get any higher than where I am right now in God. It seemed like I get a little high and then I hit the ceiling. I think about what I've done. I, I think about where I've been. I I think about all these things. And then I break down again. I'll never be able to get any better because of my past. I want to tell you about an incident in the Word of God. Jonathan, the son of Saul, the king of Israel, and David, whom his father tried to kill on several occasions because of jealousy. They were knit together as blood brothers. And Jonathan knew that the kingdom was to be for David. And he asked David, when you become king, would you take care of my family? Watch over my family. Well, Jonathan is now dead, Saul is dead, and David is now the king of Israel. And David, when the wars were over, the fighting was done, David was sitting in his palace, and he got to thinking about the promise he made to Jonathan. And so he asked the question, is there anyone left of the seed of Jonathan or of Saul that I can bless for Jonathan's sake? And they said, yes, there is one Bephibosheth. He is lame in his feet. And the reason he was lame is because at that time when the battle was raging, his his maid, he was a young child, his maid was running for safety. And Mephibosheth fell and became crippled in his feet. And so... He is in a place called Lodibar, a desert place, a place where there is no, just just nothing to brag about. It's Lodibar. Even the place sounds depressing. And so David calls for him. And so they tell Mephibosheth, the king wants to see you. 
and naturally, of course, it became fearful. Knowing he was a descendant of Saul, kings usually killed all of the descendants of the enemy king. And so when Mephibosheth gets to David, he said, are you Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son? Yes, sir, king, that's, that's me. And the Bible says that David told him, I'm going to restore to you all of the land that Saul, your grandfather, had and your father. I'm going to give you all of that land back. I'm going to have servants to take care of it for your family to live on. But he said, as for you, Mephibosheth, you're going to sit at my table. You're going to eat with my sons at the king's table. And when Mephibosheth hears this, yes, come on. he says, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am. That's how low he had gotten. That's how depression had brought him down. You know, I read, now I, I don't study people. I, I have enough problem trying to keep up with my own problems. But, but people that's in this science of studying minds and, and people, they say that any time that we gather in a church congregation, that 30% of the people are in depression. I'm not going to ask you to hang, raise your hand but, and ask you if, if there's anything you're depressed about tonight. I, I wouldn't dare do that. But that's, that's what they tell me. But I do know. I can tell you, I have been depressed in my lifetime. I can tell you the dangers of depression. I can tell you, you don't want to open the blinds. You don't want to turn the lights on. You don't want anybody to come around. You don't want to go anywhere. Amen, because that's depression. And, and so Mephibosheth said, I'm a dog. But that's not what the king saw the king saw Mephibosheth look just like anybody else when he was sitting at his table. Nobody could tell he was lame because he looked just like anybody else. And it doesn't matter what the devil's trying to make you believe about yourself. You look just as good as anybody else in the house of God. Why? Because God brought you out. His grace has made you who you are tonight. Yes. Amen, amen, amen. I'm just a dead dog. You know, I don't, you, you know as well as I do, we think so lowly of ourselves sometimes. Now, I know, I know the Bible talks about don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. There's, no, there's not too many folks that is that way, that has a problem with that. But what we have a problem with is thinking too low of ourselves. Yes, come on. I'm no good. I don't know how many times I've said, you know what? If I could reach it, I'd kick myself and I'd be so sore I couldn't sit down, make mistakes, goof ups. 
Say things I shouldn't have said. Said them at the wrong time. Just, just get myself in trouble by using the wrong words, the, the, the wrong tone of voice. And, and it, but, but the Bible tells us, amen, that, at the, that God has good thoughts toward you. While we're thinking that no, we're a nobody and that I'm no good and I'll never get anywhere. That's exactly what the devil wants you to think. But you need to turn around and tell him I'm a child of the living God. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I'm filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've got gifts that you didn't give me and you can't take away. I've got a revelation of the mighty God in Christ. So I am what I am by the grace of God. But the reason I am is because he is. Somebody shout, he is. I read in the word of the Lord where the Bible says, God says, I know the thoughts I have of you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. And expected in. What, what does it mean by that? In other words, a future, a hope. Praise God. You may not have everything you'd like to have in this present life. You may not have all the money that you would want. But could I tell you, your flesh will never be satisfied with any amount. Amen. You may not live in a big home like you would like to and drive the finest vehicle that you would like to. Amen. But you do have a future. Praise God. Yeah. I said, you have a future, praise God. My wife used to always go around the house. Amen. She said, where do you see my brand new home? Where do you see my brand new home? I'm going to tell you, we have a nice home right now, but you ain't seen nothing yet. I said, you ain't seen nothing yet. I have not seen and ye have not heard. Neither has entered into the heart of man the thing that God has provided for him. I go to prepare a place for you. We are, we are, because he is, church family. Stop beating yourself, and more so stop letting the devil beat you down. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. He's against everything in the world that God wants to do for you. Hallelujah to God. Never become envious of your neighbor. Hallelujah. Just because they may have a bigger house than you have and they don't pay their tithing. Just because they have a bigger car than you and they don't give a church offering. And, and you, you're, you're looking at that and you're feeling kind of sorry for yourself and said, bless God, look at me. I, I'm barely getting by and I'm paying my offers. I'm, I, 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 I'm faithful in and, and, and look at my neighbors. They, they are so prospering. I want to tell you that's a dangerous place to get in because I read in the psalm where this guy got to looking. Amen. And he was envious of the prosperity of the wicked. He was doing all of the things he was supposed to do like we do in providing for the work of God. And he said that my neighbors are prospering, but he said, I, I, I'm not. I'm barely getting by. But here was his salvation. The Bible said until he went into the sanctuary and God showed him therein. 
<laughs> it ain't over yet. Amen. Have a good time, devil, if you want to. Our day is soon to come because we're getting out of here like Brother Rocky mentioned. Praise God. And we're going to shout streets of gold and, and in walls of jasper and all of that is good and inviting and gates of pearl. Yes. Amen. 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 But the greatest thing of all is the light in that city. Won't be the sun or the moon or the stars, but we'll get to see Jesus just as he is. Does not yet appear when we shall be like, but we, when we do rise and we do see him, we shall be like him. We are who we are because he is. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm able right now, each one of us, to sit at the king's table. That's where you are. That's where you are. I'm talking about we're eating angels' food. Hallelujah. I, I don't remember where I was at. Sometimes you have to overhear some things you're not interested in hearing. I was somewhere. I, oh, I remember where I was now. And this guy was singing about this, this, his wife, I guess, and somebody. She cooked like an angel cooks. I, got, I, got, I, I, I didn't say nothing, but I, I got to thinking, how do you know what an angel cooks like? But I know what an angel cooks like. Oh, hallelujah. I said, I know what an angel cooks like because I eat the true bread from heaven. Yes. Hallelujah. It's the word of God. It's where we are right now. Can, the, can, can, can there be a table set in the wilderness? I'm telling you, there's a will. If you're in the wilderness right now, in your life, in trials, there's a table set. I'm preaching too long already. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God can set a table in the wilderness. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, he sent quail in the evening and manor in the morning. The problem was they got tired of the manor. The very best that God could give them, they got tired of it. That's the reason why that some folks jump out of church. It's because they just want other things besides the true bread from heaven. But I'm telling you, we eat angels' food, amen, that we have tonight at the table of the Most High. I don't understand folks don't want to go to church. Don't want to hear the pastor preach. You've got the best pastor in all of the world. You hear me? He's not next door. He's not across the state line. Your pastor is your best friend. He is your avenue to heaven. He's the best preacher in all of the world. Hear ye him. Take your counsel from him. Don't get quiet on me now because I'll preach another hour. Oh, Shandi, I feel something right here. The Bible talks about God giving us shepherds after his own will. He knows who we need and what we need. And God has set the man of God in this pulpit just exactly what you need. Hear ye him. That's the true bread come down from heaven. Every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Tuesday night. 
Oh, my. Praise God. I am who I am because he is. Hallelujah. I want to remind somebody that think you're a nobody. Hallelujah to God that we've been redeemed not with silver and gold, Peter said, but with the precious blood of Jesus. Why? Why did he purchase us? Why Calvary? Why pour out the Holy Ghost? Here's our purpose. Here's our purpose. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable unto God by Jesus Christ. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Somebody ought to be on their feet. Thank God I'm on my feet. Here they, I am what I am by the grace of God. Because he is, I'm a child of God. Been brought out, forgiven, baptized, set free, ready to go to heaven because he is. A chosen He called me. He called you. He gave us an invitation. We're invited. A holy nation. A peculiar people. That doesn't mean we're a funny folk. I want you to understand that. A peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in time past were not a people. But now we are the children of God. Which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I I, I want to tell somebody, pick yourself up. Tell the devil that you've been down long enough. Tell the devil you're not going back in that same mood, that same spirit of depression again because you've been brought out. So could I tell you why you were brought out? Well, this will blow your mind. This is a great revelation, okay? I'm just kidding. It's not really. It's just very, very simple. We were brought out to be brought in. Into what? Into the church of the living God. Paul said in Ephesians, you have he quickened who were dead in sins and trespasses. And he also tells them, wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That at that time ye were without Christ. He was telling us at one time, at one time you were Gentile. You were looked on by the Jews as dogs, 
outcast, without a hope and without a promise. But now, having been looked at as being aliens, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in this world, but now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. By the precious, the precious, the precious blood. I am tonight what little I may be. What I am, I give it all the glory and all the honor because I don't deserve anything. If I deserve anything at all, I would go to hell because I was born in, into sin and I have not always been an obedient child like I should have, but I have a father who is a forgiving God and father who has redeemed me with his blood and he has made me what I am because of who he Hallelujah. People said, well, preacher, I, my past, and I'm coming to a close soon, I promise. My past, preacher, I, I can't get over or past my past. Could I tell you, if anybody had a past, it was Paul. But you see, I put these things behind me. And I press toward the yes. mark of the high yes. calling yes. Amen. of Christ Jesus, our Lord. I put my past back there, forgetting the things that are behind me. I want to help somebody for a second. Your past, you say. But I just want to tell you, if you have the Holy Ghost, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, if you're living right, if you're following the leading of your good pastor, you don't have a past anymore. Amen. There is no past. It's gone. It's covered. It's forgiven. I don't somebody used to sing a song. What sins are you talking about? Yes. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. <sighs> Hallelujah. I don't have a past. All I have and all you have, if you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, all you have now is a present and a future. You don't have a past. Everything is present and future for you. Yes, amen. We are who and what we are because he is. And he's the mighty God. Yes, he is. Aren't you glad for who you are? Aren't you glad you've been called out? Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? I'm not calling you forward. I, I'm just going to ask you to stand right where you are. I'm going to ask you if you could 
lift your hands. If you could just call on the name of Jesus. Thank him for bringing you to where you are. Thank him for changing you as, as only he is, is able to do that. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Come on, give him some praise. Get over that stuff. Put that past out of your head. It's forgiven. It's gone. Scripture talks about taking our sins and put them in the, and cast them in the sea. And it's as far as the east is from the west. And remember them against us no more. I am because he is. God bless. Brother Rocky. Let's just lift our hands. Thank God for the message. Thank God for his word. Thank God for the blood.